This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. And Elder Dion for such an inspiring scripture reminding us to praise the Lord in the morning and the evening. Good evening, everyone, and happy Sabbath. I'm delighted that you are here in the sanctuary. And those of you watching online, we hope you will receive a blessing and have a wonderful worship experience. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be asked by the prayer line ministry to speak on the topic of the altar. As I glanced at the flyer and saw all the speakers, our two pastors and elders, I was thinking if I will match up to the expectation. But I know, as a child, the Holy Spirit will use me. <laughs> as a humble servant, I believe that God does not qualify, God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies those he calls. Tonight, I will be speaking on the subject back to the altar a place for remembering. Let's bow our heads as we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day that we're here to come together, Lord, continuing to learn about the altar, that we should put our faith towards you, O Lord. As I speak, O Lord, that you will continue to use your words through me, that someone watching this, someone in the sanctuary today may have a blessing and that this sermon may touch their heart, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The story was told of a heartbroken little girl who knelt and poured out her heart to God at the altar at her local church. She did not know what to say. As she wept speechless, she began to remember what her father had told her. God knows your needs even before you pray it, and he can answer them even when you don't know what to ask. So she, so she began to say her alphabet. A concerned adult from the church knelt beside her and heard her sobbing and sang her ABCs and inquired her exactly what she was trying to do. The little girl told this caring adult, I'm praying to God from the heart. But the adult answered, it sounds to me you're saying your ABCs. Yes, she said, but God knows more than what I need than I do. And he can take all these letters and arrange them in just the right way to answer my prayers. There is one place where you will always be welcome, you will always be heard, you will always feel accepted, and you will always find your prayers and answers. And that place is at the altar. The altar is so important because it brings us back to the Lord. It brings us back to the center, and it brings us back to the Word. If someone is lost and in darkness, they can find hope at the altar so can you. Every time we come to the altar, we have a personal encounter with the living God, and we have direct access to the throne of God. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, you will always find peace and the power of God at the altar. <laughs> Coming to the altar not only included all of Israel, but it illustrates to them that the Lord is the center of their life in the promised land. 
It is a reminder that the Lord is the reason they were there. It is a reminder that the Lord is the reason for their conquests. The history of Israel shows us that any time they forget this, they face disaster. The word salvation is mentioned 156 times in the Bible. The word mercy is mentioned 269 times. The word grace is mentioned 137 times. And that's a total of 562. The word altar is mentioned 378 times. The word sacrifice is mentioned 302 times. And that's a total of 680. There's a lot of emphasis placed on salvation, mercy, and grace. And there should be, because that's the major theme of redemption. But without the altar and sacrifice, there would be no mercy. There would be no grace, and there would be no salvation. So what does the word altar symbolize? In the Bible, altars always represent places of consecration and commemoration. They are an outward symbol of one's personal connection to God, of one's acknowledgement and worship of the true and living God. Altars were, altars were often built to commemorate encounters with something supernormal, supernatural, or super special. The recipients of God's mightiest act often did not want to forget it, so they would build an altar, a place for remembering, on the spot where they had seen God move. When God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, that he would give the land of Canaan to his descendants, Abraham built an altar there because his encounter with God was super normal. In that moment, God promised to transcend everything normal in Abraham's life and make from him his seed a great and mighty people. When Isaac was wandering the desert of Gerar and fighting the locals over well water, God appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants. Isaac commemorated this divine encounter by building an altar on that very day, on that very spot, because his encounter with God was supernatural. God had promised to Isaac's father, was now Isaac's promise also. Isaac's son traveled to a place called Bethel and built an altar in his honor of God, who had appeared to him during his fight from Esau because that encounter with God was super special. Jacob built an altar there. A fearful Gideon was pleasantly surprised when God appeared to him in peace and called him to lead the nation to victory. Gideon was so moved that he built an altar on the spot and called it Jehovah is peace because his encounter with God was super peaceful. We should never, ever forget that while many see God's mighty act in their lives as mere moments of coincidence or chance, others recognize the moving of God and do all within their power to never forget what he has done. And there's an added benefit to their efforts. Future travelers along life's journey are blessed by the altars set by believers. Abraham set us a worthy example. His life was a life of prayer. Wherever he pitched his tent, close beside was set up his altar, calling all within his encampment to the morning and evening sacrifice. 
When his tent was removed, the altar remained. Roving Canaanites received instruction from Abraham, and wherever one of these came to the altar, he was there worshiping the living God. What heavenly blessings do you want to remember in the future? And what altar do you want to build with God today? What is the altar? It's not just some old relic or religious icon. It is a place of covenants and therefore a sacred place. It is a place where you come to our high priest. Where is this altar? It could be anywhere. It's the intent of the heart that makes the altar successful. The altar is a place where God and man meets. Seeing that when we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. The Hebrew word for altar comes from the word to slay. The altar in the Old Testament was recognized by its blood, pain, and covenant. The altar is not a glamorous place. It is not a sterile place. It is a place of pain, a place of sacrifice, and a place of death. It is a place to bring all your dirty, hidden sins that you bear, bringing your broken life, your broken marriage, your wayward children, your unsaved loved ones, to bring your sickness, your anxieties, and your cares, to bring your career goals, what you want, what you're striving for to achieve in life. It is a place to bring the impossible to God because with, <laughs> because with all things, God is... <laughs> For all things is possible with God. Sorry. So therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. From 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 to 7. The altar is a place where you pour out yourself to God. It is a place where faith in God is expressed. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah chapter 29, 12 to 13 reads, Then you will call upon me, and go, and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me, and you will find me, and you will search for me with all your heart. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who are evil. When you get up from the altar, your faith expressed is in your obedience. The altar is a place where you encounter the presence of the Lord, the mighty God. For example, Isaiah, he received a glorious experience and a call from God at the altar. The altar is a place of humility. What about sin? Isn't it the biggest obstacle to getting your breakthrough? The biggest obstacle for many to getting their breakthrough and deliverance is pride. Why will people not get rid of the sin in their life? And that big answer is pride. Pride, pride, pride. 
Brothers and sisters, God wants to give you miracles and breakthroughs in your life, but he can't until you bring it to the altar and truly, truly give it to him. Like Sister Angela would say on the prayer line, every boy, every girl, and every man and every woman, whether you're watching online or in the sanctuary, I invite you to bring your depression, your suicidal thoughts, your loneliness, those life-controlling substances to the altar. We're bringing that bitterness and unforgiveness that we have towards another brother or sister in Christ to the altar. We are pouring out anything and everything that's on our hearts to the altar. We're bringing those grudges and resentments there. I'm bringing my grades and struggles there. We're bringing our phone addiction, our sickness and infirmities. We're bringing our loved ones, our financial problems. We're bringing our careers. We are bringing it all, all to the altar. What do you have that needs to be brought to the altar? What cares do you need that needs to be cast on his feet? When you come to the altar, the high priest of heaven will meet you there and he will receive your sacrifice and give you mercy, grace, salvation, deliverance, healing, peace, and joy. But the first thing you must bring to the altar every time is yourself. You need to continually place yourself in all that you are, all that you have, and all that you want on the altar. The altar is a place where one perceives stability, stability, preparation to submission, and promote service. A place of stability. Christ provides and promised certainty in our lives. The place had returned, the people had returned to Israel, and they were in a hostile environment surrounded by enemies. They faced an awesome task, one that may have appeared very discouraging at times, but before they commenced any work, they came to God. They built an altar, reinstated their methods of worship, and they returned to God before they returned to any work. Great projects for God must be preceded with surrounding in prayer to God. So the altar was a place of stability, an environment of uncertainty. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My peace I leave with you. I will be with you to the end of the age. A place preparatory to submission. I suggest you read Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Do we remember the story of Abraham when he had the knife up ready to thrust it into the chest of God's promised son? That precise moment that God gave Abraham a breakthrough. One of the key prophetic chapters of the Old Testament pointing to the sacrifice of Christ. But consider this question. What do you think was going through Abraham's mind as he built that altar? This son was his beloved, the son promised by God. Some cannot accept the fact that there was not some human part that struggled and grieved with this inexorable command of his Lord. And that reaction he must have felt to this question. We have the wood and the fire, but where is the sacrifice? But Abraham submitted in faith to God in all that he did, even to the point of raising his hand in preparation to yield up to God the life of his own son. God intervened. As the proof of Abraham's faith and obedience become evident, he passed the test. 
But more importantly, he proved the picture of what God would do. That's what you do at the altar. You submit. Jesus calls all to serve. We are not all priests. We are not all called to be a minister as a vocation, but we are called to minister. So an altar is a place to which one can come and find a sense of stability, of meaning to life. It's a place to which one can come in an attitude of submission to God and have such submission to God rewarded. Only the one to whom the altar is built, to God, to his only begotten son, that's the altar we need. That's the altar we have. If someone is lost and in darkness, they can find hope at the altar, and so can you. Every time we come to the altar, we have a personal encounter with the living God. And every time we come to the altar, we have direct access to the throne of God. It's time to come back to the altar. He is the center of our attention. He is the center of our thought. He is the center of our being. The story was told of a minister who was visiting one of his members. The lady of the house was trying to impress him on how devoted she was by pointing out a large Bible on the bookshelf and talking in a very reversal way of, that is, the word of God. Her young son interrupted the conversation. Well, if that's God's book, we better send it back because we never read it. The moral of the story is we should not be using the Bible as a showcase, but we must spend time reading the word. Coming to the altar gets us back to the word because it reminds us of God's promises. It reminds us that God will never leave us or forsake us. It reminds us that if we seek him with all of our hearts, we will find him because if we ask anything in his name, it will be done. It reminds us that if God's people will humble themselves and pray, he will hear us. He will forgive our sins and heal our land. It reminds us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. It reminds us that to come to him, to him who are weak and worn down, he will give us rest. It reminds us that without him, we are nothing. It reminds us that he stands at the door, knocking, waiting for us to answer. When was the last time you came to the altar? Do you need his mercy and his grace? And are you ready to get back to the altar? Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Hebrew chapter four, verse 16. Tonight, I want to invite all parents in the sanctuary and those watching online to take their children back to the altar. I want to encourage family morning devotion in the homes and evening worship. In my experience, we engage in family worship. I want to encourage you to invite your neighbors, your friends into that home experience. And finally, remember, at the altar, the altar can alter all our circumstances. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Father, we pray that you continue to bless us and keep us safe. 
as I said my little words, as I say my little word, O oh Lord, that it may touch someone's heart, O oh Lord, that the altar is a place where one can come, Lord, that they can bring all their pain to you, O oh Lord, that no matter what's going on in their life, no matter what they can say, that you know everything going in their hearts, O oh Lord, help us to bring ourselves closer to you, to bring us back to the altar. Lord, you know the times that we're going through and it's hard on us sometimes, but we know that if we put you first, you will do anything. And if we put it in the name of Jesus, that it will be done, Lord. If we just put ourselves and we submit ourselves to you, Lord. I pray for those who are going to be spreading the word again of coming back to the altar, Lord, that you continue to bless them and keep them safe, that people will always be reminded of the fact that they should come to you to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty, precious name, amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.